0: welcome to your lot and parcel podcast our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations mental health physical well-being and a safe family home environment we value your monetary support here's your host benjamin f diaz
1: If you are looking for a heart-pounding outdoor adventure or a peaceful, refreshing retreat from the hustle and bustle of life, my guest has what you need. You have an open invitation to Southwest Virginia and experience everything Appalachia has to offer. Let's welcome Kim Smith, Marketing and Media Director, and Frank Kilgore, historian, attorney, and author to our show, and here they are. I want to thank you, Kim and Frank, for coming on the show. I'm looking forward to hearing what you folks have to say about your part of the world. However, before we get started, uh, please tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, Kim, first of all, and your personal mission, if you would.
0: Okay. My name is Kim Smith, and I'm the Marketing and Media Director for the Heart of Appalachia, which is a regional tourism organization. We were founded in 1993 by the state of Virginia Mm -hmm. to market the seven westernmost counties, uh, also known as the Coalfield Counties, as a tourism destination.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's the southwest part uh, of Virginia,
0: right? The very southwest portion of the state.
1: Okay, which if I know my geography a little bit, I hope, uh, is that uh, boarding uh, Kentucky and Tennessee? Am I correct on that? That's correct. How about that? Okay. All right. Well, I thank you for that, Kim. Now, how about you, Frank? Can you tell us a little bit about you, please?
2: Well, uh, my family's been here in what's now called Cofield, Virginia, since 1770. Oh, my. Five of the Kilgore brothers fought the Battle of Kings Mountain, which um, everybody but the History Channel says it was the turn point of the Revolutionary War. Oh. And uh, I've always been interested in history and become an attorney 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've authored some watershed books for ninth grade earth science kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I just uh, recently put out a book about J.D. Vance being a fake hillbilly.
1: Mm. Well, that's interesting. I, uh, In fact, I, I, I'm a lover of history, too. I, I believe that... Uh, History is so important to tell us where we've been, but it also tells us where we're headed. You know that, so yep, I,
2: yep.
1: I I can really appreciate that. So, since uh, you're a historian, uh, Frank, tell us a, a little bit about the Appalachia Mountains. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and uh, the the culture there, if you would.
2: Well, the Cofield part of Appalachia at once one time was the largest melting pot second only to New York City because the uh, coal companies were short of uh, miners because it was all labor then. You drilled the, the coal, blasted the coal by hand, uh, and you shoveled it in and you pushed it out by hand. So the the average ton per day per mine was seven tons and there was just too much worldwide demand for uh, really good Appalachian coal. So the recruiters for the companies went to Eastern uh, Europe, Western Europe, down South, um, and they brought back um, immigrants uh, from about 20 countries and sharecroppers from throughout the South. Mm-hmm. And so the companies would build housing for these new workers and they live side by side usually. Sometimes the company would segregate the, the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. but uh, but the men work together side by side in a very dangerous situation and that's why their culture is much more inclusive than even the agricultural parts of Appalachia so we have a unique history.
1: Yeah no I have uh, I've heard much of the see that area covers um, and, and, and forgive me if some of my questions are not quite on on spot, okay, but the Blue Ridge Mountains, is, is that part of the uh, your area, your region there?
2: No, we're uh, several miles west of the Blue Ridge uh, oh. Parkway, to give oh. you an instance. We're probably 150 miles away. Um, we border Kentucky, West Virginia, and oh. Tennessee, mm-hmm. and so we we're the we're the little we're the left end of the little triangle of Virginia,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, uh, another thing, too, kind of reminds me maybe uh, the, the Cumberland uh, Gap is that where we're at?
2: Yes, okay. Cumberland Gap is either the beginning or the end of Virginia, whichever way you look at it, but uh, Lee, it's that's in Lee County and also uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, the Cumberland Gap is, and so. North of the Cumberland Gap is where the coal are.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting uh, because I, I know uh, Daniel Boone uh, made that famous uh, the Cumberland Gap. Uh, um, in fact, it, it's kind of interesting today. I we aired uh, one of the episodes we did on Daniel Boone's uh, home in Missouri. In fact, it was aired today, and uh, so it, uh, it's kind of interesting uh, how this comes together. So well, I appreciate that, Frank. Uh, now, Kim, uh, I understand you live on a farm, two hundred and forty-eight year old farm. My gosh, what, what what is it like to live on a farm like that?
0: Well, it's it's very different every day. Um, my husband's family has owned the farm since seventeen seventy four, so you know, two years before the U.S. Constitution. And um, I think one of the biggest things I take from it today is just how the farm has had to change over the years Mm -hmm. it's gone through so many iterations to to stay in business and and Mm -hmm. it still is a you know a successful or at least viable business Mm -hmm. but you know there's been tobacco and there's been sheep and there's been you know now there now it's a commercial beef cattle cow calf Mm -hmm. operation Mm -hmm. and uh you know just just living there every day Mm -hmm. you you have the Inner workings of the farm, but there's a, just this thread of just history that mm-hmm. runs through it. That sometimes you can just, when you get really still, you can just feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the history, the history of the farm is very interesting. Uh, we actually have an exhibit right now at the William King um, Museum over in the next county of mm-hmm. um, historic toys that came off the farm, including my my father-in-law's old sled and um an old tricycle from um i'm not sure exactly when but even a, a handmade baseball glove mm. from about
1: 1870. oh my okay a lot of history how many acres is the farm that you live on how many acres
0: it's that? about 1500
1: acres 1500 acres well how about that well i tell you kim i can relate to all that because uh back uh, growing up on the farm uh, uh we we had cattle and, and uh we, we raise uh, feeder calves and all that. Uh, I know what that's like. I really do. Um, you know my
0: husband, they were in feeder calves and mm-hmm. my husband is of a very analytical nature and, and just buying and selling the feeder calves, I don't think was mentally stimulating enough for him, <laughs> which is why they went into the cow calf operation and uh-huh. were, we're pretty heavily into genetic testing and, and you know making selections based on science and things like that. And that's a much better fit for him.
1: Wow, that sounds interesting. Yeah, you betcha. My gosh. So when we speak about the region there, the Appalachia Mountain uh, region there, what what is it that most people do not know about it or understand about the region? Any of you can answer that.
2: Well, let me talk about Daniel Boone just for a sec because a lot let's of people don't. Let's do that. Yeah. They only associate that. him with Kentucky, but before mm-hmm. he got to Kentucky, He was the militia captain of Moore's Fort, which is two miles from here, Mm -hmm. the Crowfly, 1773 to 75. And uh, it's the largest fort on uh, the Clinch River at the time. Mm -hmm. And he made his first effort uh, in around 1775, and that's when his son and his partner's son were killed and skinned alive by the um, a, a multiple tribe of, mm-hmm. I guess hitmen mm-hmm. uh, and so then he came back to Moore's Fort and tried to recover from what had happened and then got a larger uh, uh, group of people and some more protection and that's when he finally got through the Cumberland Gap but before that well Kentucky was a county of Virginia at that time mm-hmm. and he was a delegate to the Virginia General Assembly, which is the House of Burgesses t- at that time. So he actually represented Virginia in Richmond.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, he was a real trailblazer, that's for sure. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: that is Daniel Boone, uh, from what I learned also from that episode I mentioned earlier. Quite a, quite a fellow. Um, so when you consider uh, the region you folks are at, what's the most unique thing? About the by the way Appalachia, that's that's Native American. Is is that what is that where it comes from?
2: Yes, yes.
1: Okay, good. So what's uh, what's so unique about that area there? The most unique, and, uh, from your opinion there.
2: Well, um, I would I, I think it's the attitude and the mm. welcoming spirit of our of our people here, particularly in the coal fields. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've bought and sold some land in the, in the last few years on the internet, mm-hmm. and the way I advertise Appalachian co-fields is no hurricanes, no killer tornadoes, <laughs> no gangs, yeah, no raging yeah. forest fires, yeah, affordable yeah. Um, land, uh, plenty of rainfall, biodiversity out the uh, sky's the limit on that, wilderness mm-hmm. and, Recreation and the friendliest people in the nation, if not the world. Well, so that's the way I yeah. Well, you got put me it s- in the hot I- You got me, yeah. so
1: Frank. I'm telling you, I'm from earthquake yeah. uh, country over here, Frank. So yeah, I, I can appreciate. We don't country. have any
2: earthquakes either. <laughs> I know.
1: I
0: was going to throw that in there for you.
1: Well, that's great. I will
0: tag off. I will tag on to what Frank just said um, yes. about the friendliness of the people. Yes. And I do think it's one of the most unique things about the region. Mm-hmm. We recently had a very large music festival in one of our nearby towns. People from all over the country or all over the U.S. and several other countries were in attendance. And one of the things I heard the most was how friendly the people were. Mm-hmm. And we actually had one gentleman who was um, he missed part of the festival because he was shopping for a house because he didn't want to go back home. He wanted to stay here. Mm -hmm. So he has since closed on a home in a nearby town named Big Stone Gap. And um, but yeah, I kept that's the theme that I kept hearing because I was working the information booth Mm -hmm. is that the people were just taken aback by the friendliness of the region. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's nice. I I know I would feel at home if I was to move there by the sounds of everything, Uh, Kim. um, um, So would you say that uh, for the most part, uh, the folks in the region there are being stereotyped? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Oh, yeah, we have been for over 200 years, (laughs) and uh, that's been very damaging to our ability to draw good jobs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well... <clears throat> so far I uh, I'm uh, with you on that front about uh, the folks there because I, I uh, nothing like living next to friendly folks, you know uh, but I'll tell you what <clears throat> music, I love music. What can you tell me about the music uh, in the Appalachia area there. What can you tell me about that?
0: We have a very rich music history in the region mm-hmm. um, you know, Ralph Stanley, uh, was was from Dickinson County, which is one of our counties, born and raised here. He and his brother Carter um, were were musicians. Uh, they called themselves the Stanley Brothers. Mm-hmm. And Carter passed away at a fairly young age. He was he was in his early 40s. And Ralph went on to have a, a career himself, you know, in a, as a bluegrass musician. Mm-hmm. And his son Ralph too, and his grandsta- grandson Nathan have continued that tradition. Um, and they still have a festival every year in Dickinson County at their old home place, which is called the Hills of Home. So every Memorial Day weekend, they have a music festival up there. And, um, and then he started one in August as well. Ralph has since passed on as well, but his son is carrying on that musical heritage. Hmm. Um, we also have the Carter family fold. Um, most people don't really know of the Carter's until I mentioned June Carter and Johnny Cash but uh, Jim Carter's family uh, founded the Carter family fold in Scott County, Virginia, and it still continues on today and is still being run by a descendant of the Carter family. So I think also one of the things that you see about this area is that family heritage and the traditions that are passed down from generation to generation.
1: Yes, well, that's interesting. I have read and and understood that uh, the inception of country music comes from that area is that is that so
2: yes uh bristol virginia is known as the birthplace of country music and there's uh-huh. a mu- museum down there and a hotel uh to honor that and promote that so yes mm-hmm. we've anywhere within 50 miles of where we're at now is a lot of rich musical history mm-hmm. and i know uh, i know i knew ralph stanley had him play for a few events and he would always say, "If we, we played m- mountain music, and then people call it bluegrass, and I call it a job. <laughs> I call it, okay. that's
1: pretty good, that's pretty good, Frank. okay. well, bless your heart you know,
0: I also was I was able to interview him recently, uh, uh-huh. Ralph too. Mm-hmm. and one of the questions I asked him was, You know, Ralph, what do you think is special about the music of this region?" And he paused for a second, and he kind of looked at me like I should have already known this answer. And he said, well, it's the mountains. He said, you can just hear the music in the mountains and, and in mm-hmm. the rivers. And, uh, you know, he, he just really feels that music in his, his soul, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, <clears throat> nothing like music that lift the spirits, i tell you that. Uh, but this goes way back to the, uh, what, the 20s, uh, I understand. Is that correct? Uh, mm-hmm. It sure was. Yeah well, that's wonderful. That's, that's really great.
0: You are listening to your lot and parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance.
1: Today we are exploring the heart of Appalachia with my two guests a marketing and media director, and a historian, attorney, and author. It is Virginia's treasured Southwest, also known as the Grand Canyon of the South. And to find out more, the link is found in the show notes. Let's get back with our guests, Kim Smith and Frank Kilgore. Um, Kim, I, I understand. What can you tell us about some of the the off-road uh, trails there that have contributed to the growth for the area?
0: The off-road trails are really an interesting um, piece of the puzzle here. Um, people often think of the, the strip mines, the coal mines, as being just, you know, they envision it being just a wasteland that has mm-hmm. been left behind. But there were some visionaries in, in, in past decades that understood the reclamation process of these strip mines and, and put the steps in place to reclaim the lands in a way that could be used for outdoor recreation. And that led eventually to the, the creation of spearhead trails. And that's a network of about four to five hundred miles of off-road trails, ATV mm-hmm. trails. You can bring the side by sides. People bring really fancy uh, Polaris razors. You know, people from all walks of life really use those trails. And each of the trails are adjoined to a downtown um, so that there is an economic development piece of it. But, um, you know, there have, there have been campgrounds that have popped up because of the trails. Um, there's been, you know, restaurants and, and, you know, places to get gas and things mm-hmm. like that. So the trails have really done a good thing for the region.
1: Mm. My gosh, Uh, sounds like there's plenty to do there. Uh, And I understand you released a new uh, travel guide. Uh, Can you give us some highlights on that uh, travel guide?
0: Sure. We released the new travel guide. It's actually available online at our website, oh, heartofapalachia.com. Okay. Uh-huh. You can request the paper copy or you can view it there online. Mm-hmm. But it really gives you the overall view of the region. I mean, we have everything from like a bucket list to a checklist. You can kind of challenge yourself to, to check off these different things on the list. Um, some of the predominant things we have in the area, we have the Brakes Center State Park which is one of only two interstate parks in the U S is jointly managed by Kentucky and Virginia. And, uh, the breaks has just, there, there's a gorge that runs through the breaks that they call the grand Canyon of the South. Mm. Um, you can stay there. They have waterfront cabins, they have lodges mm. and in the spring and the fall, they have elk tours into the restoration area where the elk were re were in, reintroduced into the state of Virginia um, several years back, and that elk population was actually also reintroduced onto a on abandoned mine land, and uh, the population has done very well. Um, we are a large destination for motorcycle riders and sports car enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Just because of our curvy back roads, the lack of traffic and the lack of crowds, mm-hmm. those riders really enjoy getting out on onto the roads. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a uh, one of the, we have the area's first bourbon distillery, and we have a lot of little downtowns, like the one we're actually in right now, uh, St. Paul. Frank has a great museum here. He's collected a, a ton of items that you can, you can check out. So we have, we have a lot of good museums. You were talking about Daniel Boone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Wilderness Road Museum, where you can almost kind of walk around and take a journey back through time mm-hmm. of what it felt like during that time. Um, and St. Paul also has a, a gorgeous little boutique hotel called the Western Front. And Frank might be able to give you some more insight on why it's called the Western Front.
1: Okay, yeah. You have the floor, Frank.
2: Oh, um, well my dad was a World <laughs> War II vet and uh-huh. like a lot of them. from Appalachia. He came back um, liking to drink and, and be rowdy. So <laughs> there was a string of cafes in Virginia and they were there before they left the war. They were there when the uh, uh, first World war veterans got here, and they would just uh, let off steam. They were miners, and they at that time had the most dangerous job in the world. So on the on the weekends, they would let mm-hmm. off a lot of steam, and mm-hmm. it got so they were surrounded by dry counties. So St. Paul was the wet spot, and and there was about fifteen juke joints in a town of a 1,000 people. And so it was a real tourist draw on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And so you get there by train, horse, car, bus, uh, flat boat, and you could come to St. Paul and have it out. And that's where it got the name Western Front Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of fights and some deaths, uh, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And even in the 70s, when I was uh, in my early 20s, Mm-hmm. Uh, there was about six of them and if you walked by you had to know how to fight <laughs> <laughs> well okay
1: well that's alright
0: <laughs> needless yeah. to say you don't have to worry about knowing how to fight these days but they did pay homage to that to that, to that era with uh-huh. the name the Western Front Hotel
1: <laughs> I guess so I guess so it was the fitting apparently my gosh <laughs> yeah, I, I, at, at the outset, before the, we got on the show you were talking about, you authored a book. Tell us about that, if you don't mind, Frank.
2: Well, it's all about uh, stereotypes of co Appalachia. And yeah. the reason I picked on J.D. Vance is when he wrote his book about uh, called Hillbilly Elegy, he really wasn't from Appalachia. He was from western Ohio. But whenever his mom would be put in jail for drugs, a, a violations. He would go to his Eastern Kentucky grandmother and stay there for a while. And they had a very dis, dysfunctional family like you could find anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think he tarnished us pretty badly about uh, having a bestseller that reinforced the stereotypes. And he gave the far left uh, uh, the reason to keep uh, being bigoted toward us. And he gave the far right the uh, uh, excuse not to invest anything here because we were a lost cause. So he he got us both <laughs> going both ways. So that's what my book's about. And it's also about the uh, diversity, cultural diversity of of the Appalachian Cofields. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. A little uh, town just west here called Norton was the first, uh, had the first little league, integrated little league team in the south in 1951. Eight miles from here, the first integrated football team in 1939 was a little place called Daint, Virginia, which is eight miles from here. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the first time that women had the right to vote and hold office, one of the two first women, one of them was from Buchanan County, Virginia. And I, I have researched and researched why the stereotypes are wrong, so I'll call it uh, the subtitle is think twice before calling all uh <laughs> cofield appalachians uh-huh. sexist racist and ignoramuses okay
1: well that's, that's that's pretty good frank so it's somewhat of a memoir plus history correct is that, is that
2: uh yes the mix uh, of I it? go uh-huh. into uh you know how growing up in in the coalfields, and it was a rowdy place it's not mm-hmm. now i'm so when i When I advertise my uh, property, I I tell them that there's much lower crime than from where they came. And I've had two couples from New York City buy property down here. One lady from D.C. and another couple from Maryland. And they love it down here.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I can well imagine and and appreciate that. Sounds like if I were to come and visit, which I'd sure like to meander over there one of these times soon. And see what you all have. You know me. I we, we did talk about um, uh, off trail, uh, off road trails, and so forth. Me, I'm more. I'm more of a hiker. I'm sure there's plenty of places to hike, right?
2: Oh, I'm your guy for that. There you go. Right, your
0: guy for that. Mm-hmm. You, you might have wished you had not gone with him. Oh my god! Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my god! Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have some of the best trails in the nation. Uh, mm-hmm. The Creeper Trail over Abenon is, is nicely known. Mm-hmm. And I just I started um, a trail called the Mendota Trail between Bristol and Mendota mm-hmm. that everybody said was dead. And we, my nonprofit Mountain Heritage, revitalized it, mm-hmm. Had a, you know, pre- people threatening us to kill us or so what. Mm-hmm. And now they were they were using the trail. It's going to be one of the most beautiful trails when it's done in, in our area. Mm-hmm. And before that, I, I built over 50 miles of different trails in Virginia. And also on my property nearby where a French settlement was the, uh, t- tried and failed in 1793. Mm-hmm. And the place called Sugar Hill because there was a lot of sugar... Uh, uh, maple sugar that was made there back mm-hmm. in the 30s, and now it's a state park. It's called the Clinch River State Park, and it's unique in Virginia, maybe the nation, that the river is what puts the different parks, parts of the park together. So we got 100 miles of river that's one of the most biodiverse in the in the country, and has a lot of rare and endangered species, particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, freshwater mussels and so we've got it uh, the state's got it set up to where when you go about four uh, four hours uh, Mm -hmm. floating you've got a place to stay overnight in a a primitive campground or in St. Paul or down in Dungannon Uh and the river the lower part of the river is pretty wild it's not a class it's not a a lot of rapids but it's beautiful and you can go
1: two, three, four miles without seeing a house. Oh, wow. Okay. So it just keeps you moving along. Well, that's, uh yeah. sounds like something I would like to do, to be quite frank with you. So sounds like the uh, Appalachian uh, region there is is rich with history, rich with all kinds of things to do. So um, before I let you both go, any parting words, any uh, to encourage the, the my listenership to come out and visit? Anything you like to say in those terms?
2: Well, if I, was, I had young children and I didn't like where I was at because it's very uh, crime-ridden, or any, or you can't get from one place to another yeah. uh, with, within an hour, uh, I would come here for the schools. We were number one in of, um, SOLs in math, science, and reading prior to COVID in the mm-hmm. whole state.
1: How about we have
2: very good schools. The one here in St. Paul oh. was like number four out of 2,300 uh, elementary and middle schools.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: we have the DNA here. We just can't keep uh, the ones that have to move out because they can't find a good job. Right. And mm-hmm. the rest of my, my career last uh, decade has been pointed toward making sure that those kids have an opportunity to stay here. Most of them love it here,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. their families here. And I want them to have the opportunity to stay here and help out with the civic uh, opportunities and and political system, because you can't keep losing your best and smartest kids. Generation after generation expect to develop any kind of an, an economy.
1: Exactly. Yeah, well, that's commendable, Frank. I I can appreciate that. I've um, reared uh, three children; they're they're grown and gone. I have grandkids, and I know what you're talking about. Uh, Kim, any any parting words uh, that you'd like to share? with Yeah. Us?
0: Um, to tie on again to what Frank said, I, I feel mm-hmm. like the opportunity is here uh, with remote work on the rise. Mm -hmm. That People can come here and live, you know, a very good quality of life in a place that's not crowded. And like Frank says, you know, it's low in crime. It's, you know, I've raised two kids here myself. They're 19 Mm -hmm. and 21. Mm -hmm. And and to really almost raise them with a community, you know, um, not only do the parents, you know, know my kids, but I know their kids. And we're all cheering collectively, you know, for each other's kids. Or maybe mm-hmm. if there's a kid who's, who's a little down on his luck and doesn't have a perfect home situation, mm-hmm. then the community will, will almost take him in. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm speaking actually from personal experience here. And this particular kid went on to play football in college and just is mm-hmm. doing so well. And, uh, and I think that only comes with, you know, raising your kids in a small community where they have that supportive network. Yes. But from a tourism standpoint, you know, I just encourage people to come visit, you know, yeah. drop those stereotypes about what you might find and and just mm-hmm. come. If you enjoy the outdoors, um, this is really the pl- a great place to come and do that.
1: Yeah, well, you got me sold on that because uh, I, I can tell there is a sense of community there. You know, there's, folks are friendly and and of course the, the there's biodiversity uh, that you can enjoy as well so i can uh, i can appreciate that a whole lot so how can my listenership get a hold of uh, you kim and uh, such as your website and if you have a phone as well if you would okay
0: our, our website is heartofappalachia.com. Mm-hmm. um if you if your listenership happens to have a motorcycle or a sports car and is interested in that aspect um it's appalachianbackroads.com Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, our, our emails and, and phone numbers and everything are on that website.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Ask, uh,
0: yeah, say sure.
2: one more thing? Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. Uh, your listeners may not know anything about the movie Deliverance, but it really did hurt Appalachia uh, oh. to think that that's the way we act down here. But if they have heard it or yeah. heard about it or done oh. it, make sure they know that's not a documentary it was all made. <laughs>
1: yeah it was just hollywood i saw the movie uh, frank it's hollywood strictly hollywood you know
2: sure. so yeah
1: yeah so no it's 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 uh and i'm almost uh I'm, I'm in california maybe that's why everybody's leaving by the droves here in california i don't know but uh at any rate <laughs> at any rate i i i understand exactly what you're what you're saying Well, uh, Kim, Frank, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I want you to know. And uh, I want to wish you the, the best, both of you.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Ben. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.